I want to talk about hero dads today. Hero dads, fathers are the unsung heroes and uncelebrated too frequently. There's a stereotypical image of a father that you will see in sitcoms and movies and so forth, and it's the couch potato, insensitive guy that cares only about sports and insensitive about his family. Do you know that's an image that is wrong? And I want to particularly commend our millennial dads. Millennial, the, the, the dads of the, of the new birth, newborn, the, the two-year-old, the three-year-old, the six-year-old. You dads, you millennial dads, you have stepped up. I mean, millennial dads that made it popular to go shopping, to do cooking and a cleaning in the house, have just dove into family responsibilities as stereotypically in the past what we thought were ladies, but they have created a new image, a new hero dad image. There are some of these dads who are the stay-at-home parent during the child-raising years. Millennial dads have taught us that fatherhood is more than DNA. They're rewriting the playbook on fatherhood today. The Old Testament ends with God saying that he's going to turn the hearts of the children back to the father. But you millennial dads, you turn your hearts to your children. And we're seeing the result and the fruit of that today. A new generation of dads have emerged. And you've taken it beyond the bare minimum of fatherhood. And you're demonstrating a level of quality of fatherhood that is really setting higher ideals for fatherhood. I, I will tell you, I will tell you, my son-in-laws are better dads than I was. I, I feel like I was a, a pretty good dad. But I see in my son-in-laws, these millennial fathers, they, they just... They're hardwired for fatherhood more than, than I was. I mean, I was a boomer. I mean, I was raised by a builder generation dad, and I was a boomer generation dad. And this boomers, we thought, you know, put your nose to the grindstone. And a boomers, uh, dads in our era, we were kind of in this. If it came down to the moment and you were trying to, to decide what am I going to do, we always were taught stricter is better. <laughs> always lean to the stricter side, and that's probably the better parenthood uh, style uh, to follow. You millennial dads have just elevated fatherhood to a new, new level. I mean, uh, dads, dads, you have what it takes. I want to say this to every father. Fathers, dads, you have what it takes. God has hardwired us. There's something in a little boy. A little boy wants to be the champion. He wants to be the winner. He wants to be the first one. He wants to win at every contest. He wants to. There's something in us. God hired, hardwired us to succeed in life. I mean, if it's wrestling, you want to pin the opponent. If, if it's b baseball, you want to hit the home run. You, you, you want to achieve. You want to, make the, you want to make the touchdown. You want to be faster. You want to be, you want to be the strongest. You want, to, you want to be better. There's something in us that we just want to compete. I mean, come on, dads. When we, all, men, we were growing up, uh, we always wanted to be the superhero of everything. You know how you do. I'm so-and-so in the movie or the cartoon. And we always assign, and we want to assign our brothers and sisters to be something else. But we always wanted to be the hero of the story. We wanted to be the, 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 the superhero every time. And they're just, I think it speaks, God's hardwired us for that. And you millennial dads are succeeding in new ways. The Guinness Book of World Record 
has story after story of the ist, the strongest, earliest, longest, smallest, smartest, uh, deepest. It, it just gives you just a list of things. There's just something fascinating where we're intrigued by that. To be the smartest or the longest or the strongest, there's something about being at the top and having the world's record in that that just somehow appeals. I was reading through the Guinness Book of World Records the other day, and it's the longest kiss is 58 hours and 35 minutes. Can't you? That'd be exhausting, wouldn't it? You think wearing a mask and trying to breathe that way. Can you imagine in a lip lock for 58 hours? I tell you what, you'd have to send your lips off to Goodyear to get them retreaded after that moment. It just... That, that's just, that's a little more kissing than I want to do. The, the longest fingernails, 10 feet long, can you imagine? That's kind of freaky, actually. Is that a picture of it? I thought, well, Denise had that. She could scratch my back from clear across the room, you know. You know, the longest, the strongest, the, the ist of father. Dads, you're putting the ist in fatherhood. You're making fatherhood stronger. You're, you're the strongest, the, the best. You're taking it to a new level. And I want to share with you a little bit about hero dads today. If you have your Westover app, you can follow us. There are scriptures there. Online, you can follow us as well. But I want to talk about being the hero dad. The hero dad understands that, that one, that no one is as important as parents in the life of their children. Hero dads just understand that. Hero dads understand that they are the most important thing in the life of their sons and their daughters, their kids. Dads, we impart and we impact in a significant way. Let me bring it down to this. If, if you have children at home, in fact, even your children that are raised, here's the lesson that you want to impart to your kids. Dads, let me give you a job description for both a daughter and a son. Of all the things you do, your assignment by God, stay with me, by God is, is, is two things. God has assigned you to do this in the life of your children. If you can impart this to your son or this to your daughter, you will equip them for healthy relationships and a healthy life. For your daughters, you impart to them this thought. Just teach them and everything. Tell them over them. Demonstrate it. Remind them. Show them in your attitude, your behavior, your demeanor this you're worth it let your daughters know they're worth it speak it to them remind them uh, show them and demonstrate that in so many ways because if they grow up knowing they're worth it here's what psychologists will tell us when they get old and they're they're adults they will make healthy decision in relationships and they will not they will not be codependent they will not be bending their personality to get, win the acceptance of somebody that's a, a blockhead down the road. They will make healthy relationship decisions because they know they're worth it. For your sons, impart into your sons, tell them, you have what it takes. Every little boy, he wants to do, he wants to compete. And tell him he has what it takes. Oh, now he may not be the best at math or the best at science, but there is an area that that little boy can succeed and he needs to know it. He needs to know the area where he can win. And dads, when they hear that from us, when they see that from us, for you see the personality of the father becomes a portrait of God. The personality of the father 
is a portrait of God. Remember in the scripture, Jesus told us, Matthew chapter uh, 6, he said, pray like this, our Father which art in heaven. God chose one word to illustrate the relationship between us and him, and he chose Father. Uh, The personality of the Father becomes the portrait of God. And dads, they can hear that from other people, but when they hear it from you, when they hear it, they see it demonstrated from us to our children. It is meaningful. For you see, the Heavenly Father does it. The Heavenly Father wants to communicate two things to every one of us as his children. He wants us to know we're worth it and we have what it takes. That's why he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to the cross. Why? He wants you to know you're worth it. You're worth it. Why did he send the Holy Spirit? Because he wants to empower power you. He wants to show you you have what it takes. That's what the Heavenly Father is doing all the time. And if we will mimic that, if we will demonstrate that in the life of our children, we will equip them for healthy life. Let me unpack this further. Hero dads, number one, they know that fun is the secret sauce of life. Hero dads know that fun is the secret sauce of life. Because everybody wants to be around somebody that's having fun. And kids, our children, are just repelled by, I I don't want to go there, I don't want to do it. Why? Because it's not fun. I I grew up as as a boomer. And boomers, did you ever hear this growing up? Life isn't a bowl of cherries. Did you hear that? Well, did you get that speech when you were growing up? It doesn't matter about having fun. This is what you're to do and be responsible. Put your nose to the grindstone. Life isn't a game. And guess what we did? We boomer dads, we grew up and everything was the, the largest segment of workaholics come from the boomer generation because we were told that over and over again. But you millennial dads are learning something. You millennial dads are resetting. And here it is. You know that fun is the secret sauce of life. And if you can just have fun with your kids, you teach them serving God can be joyful. Again, the personality of the father becomes a portrait of God. Your kids need to see you as somebody that's fun because you're going to demonstrate to them what the heavenly father is like. And they'll grow up learning, guess what? Serving God is fun. Number two, number two. Hero dads never miss a chance to make a memory. Never miss a chance to make a memory. Ordinary moments become extraordinary moments. You know what? That that cell phone that you have, that little device, has just opened up a way to make more memories. I mean, you have Facebook, and then they'll have Throwback Thursday and pictures from a year ago and you post this on Instagram and selfies and text. It has made the ability to take the most ordinary moment and make it a celebration. It, it does it. I mean, and I'll tell you, uh, uh, for, for all the uh, Facebook people, can't you, I'm tired of seeing pictures of your enchiladas. Just show me a picture of your family. Uh, people post their food all the time. Once you post pictures of your family, make these moments. Put your family in it. Just celebrate it. Never miss a chance to make a memory. I'll tell you what, I, when we were, grow, when we were uh, parenting uh, Denise and I and our kids were growing up, we, we, we didn't have all the thrills and so forth. Everything was kind of plain and just functional. But today, you millennial parents, you have just made everything from the, from the moment of, of 
uh, you hear that you're going to have a birth. You're going to have the birth of a child. These reveal parties. I mean, I've seen pink balloons and I've seen blue smoke and I've seen oh, I mean, it's a celebration. You're making everything a moment. You know, in our day, in our day, getting a sonogram was an extra expense, and Denise and I couldn't afford it. We didn't know what our children were going to be until the day they were born. When they were born, we were told were they boys or girls. It was an extra expense. But now, I mean, it's a, you have a party. You're, you're celebrating all through the pregnancy. Uh, you, you have the ability. You're doing that. You're making uh, memories of every moment. Uh, birthday parties. When I was a kid growing up, a birthday party was a new shirt and a, and a cake. That's what you got. And the cake, they would put these candied letters to spell your name that were like concrete. How, how many of you remember those? You know what I'm talking about? They put those letters, and you it take a hammer to break them. They, they're supposed to be, and you'd always want to. Here, you can have the piece with your name on it. And it was like concrete. That was our celebration. I mean, today, parties. I, I go I go to pizza places and different uh, uh, areas and bowling alleys for these birthday parties and everything, even the napkins. The napkins are themed. No, you just don't get regular napkins. You go down to the party shop and you have princess or superhero or themed napkins. Denise and I never had theme. We didn't have theme anything. The only thing we had themed, sweetheart, are the collection of holiday in towels that she has but everything else is plain i mean everything else is just plain in, in life take a moment and make everything a celebration make a memory out of it yes go in the backyard and have a water balloon fight just just go to the museum drive 75 miles to go to go eat that special barbecue go to a spurs game go deer hunting with them uh, get a water cannon, just take silly pictures, just do all of these things. Why? Because in doing that, we teach our children that God is everywhere and God works in everyone. God is every Fathers, when you do that, you teach your children God is everywhere and God can work in everyone. Number three, hero dads, understand it's important to splurge. This is the generation, dads, I give you the gold medal for that. You splurge. Yeah. Uh, I remember growing up, I was told, no, we can't do that. We can't afford that. Share that. Don't do that. No, we're not going. But you dads, you splurge. You just, you just have a way of making things special. You just, you, you'll invest and take moments and and just lavish on your kids in special ways. And I, I, think, I think that's significant. It's significant for a dad to say, come on, banana splits for everybody. You take your, your daughter out shopping and you tell her, you know what, get all three of them. Don't get, don't get just one. You want both pair of shoes or you, 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 want, you like all three of those jeans, just get all of them. Just, there's moments to splurge because in doing that, we teach our kids that God is generous. Again, the personality of the father is a portrait of God. And millennial dads, you're doing that. And with that in mind, I invite you to join me in the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 3. We're in a series entitled, Mark It Up, and I want to go to Mark 3. 
And a moment in the life of Jesus, and wrap this up as I speak not just to fathers, but I want to speak in this closing moment to all of our men. Jesus is about to select what we call the 12 disciples. It's an unfortunate word because the Bible says that there were many disciples and Jesus selects 12 to be apostles. There were more than 12 disciples, but Jesus gathers his disciples more than 12. And in Mark chapter 3, 13 and 14, he selects 12 of them. Their names are actually given to us in the, in the verses following. I won't read that. But I want to focus on verse number 13 and 14. And it says, And Jesus went on upon a mountainside, and he called to him those he wanted. And they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. And then he might send them out to preach. There's something in that one setting of scripture there that's so important for all men whether you're a young man you're not a father not married yet you're a new father you're a seasoned father you're a grandfather for all men God is sharing something with us greatness is maximizing your potential for the glory of God and the good of others he called them He's, he's going to maximize their potential. He said there are 12 men that have greater potential, but that potential is to glorify God and the good of others, and he will send them out to preach for the good of others. I want to say to all of our men, there's something God wants for you. Verse 13, he called to him those he wanted. There is something, men, God wants for you. There is something God is yearning to bring out in you. He's equipped you. He's wired you. He's gifted you. And you succeed in technology. You succeed in your business. You succeed in your career. You succeed in so many areas. But there is this dormant area that God says, I want the greatness to come out in you. I want something more for you than that. There is something more than just average. We, we, we aspire to be the superhero. We aspire to be the hero in every other domain. But there is a latent area that it's easy for us men to take the back seat in. And I want to call all men to a higher level of spiritual excellence. Can I say, God will never unfriend you. No, God will never unfriend you, but God can ungreat you. You can miss your greatness. God's not going to pour his giftings in it you for you to just acquire property nothing wrong with owning property God's not going to pour his giftings in you so that you can just you can be salesman of the month and there's nothing wrong with being salesman of the month God's not going to pour his greatness in you that you could succeed in the secular and then be deficient in the spiritual God wants greatness for us there's something God wants us to be now, allow me for just a moment to unpack it a little further. The details of verse number 13 and 14, Jesus is teaching. It's a style of teaching called teaching by illusion. 
it's frequently used in the Bible. He, Jesus teaches us by alluding to something. He alludes to something, and from that he teaches a lesson. In other words, there are times that the Bible is very prescriptive. Go and do, thou shalt not do this, and you shall succeed. But there are times in Scripture the Bible is descriptive. It describes something. And in the Gospel of Mark and also in the Gospel of Luke, it records this, that Jesus went on the mountainside. Why does Scripture give that? What is it significant to that, to understanding what Jesus is teaching? We can read by that and say, oh, that's just to give us information, a word picture. No, he's teaching, he's teaching by alluding to something. And sometimes our mind can miss the statement God is saying. It's like this, Dad, if you tell your son he needs to climb the ladder of success, you're not telling him to go out into the garage and there's a ladder that's called the ladder of success and that's the one he calls on the house with. No, it's, a, it's you're alluding to it. You're using a ladder and you're alluding to how you live your life. You have to climb. You have to put effort in it. And the Bible tells us here that Jesus, he went on the mountainside and there he called his disciples. He called them. And 12 men went higher up the mountain. There's a higher moment. There's a, there's a greatness, a spiritual greatness that God wants for you. Many of us succeed in so many areas, but there is this area of, of, of spirituality and, and spiritual discipline where we're not aspiring to go up the mountain. And here men... Men answer the invitation to elevation. <laughs> Go higher up the mountain. The invitation to elevation. Go higher. And your spiritual life and your spiritual disciplines, it starts in boyhood, then it goes to manhood. And sometimes after manhood, we can get stuck in, in livelihood to merely move into a neighborhood. But God is calling us to a higher dimension. God is saying fatherhood is not just providing a, a roof over the head of your children. Because your personality becomes a portrait of God. And we have the opportunity to demonstrate God's character to our children. How do we do that? What does the invitation to elevation mean? It's three things, and I'll share them with you very quickly in about four minutes. Number one, speak from your heart. Dads, to your kids, to your family, speak from your heart. Sometimes as dads, we can complain and explain. And haven't you discovered your kids don't hear when you just explain and complain. Speak from your heart. Reach down into the core of your convictions and your values and speak to your children. Number two, Share from your life. Share from your life. Sometimes as dads, we can just say, well, here's what you need to do and you succeed, and we tell them what they ought to do with their life. Can I suggest you share from your life? And the best way to do it is tell a story. Tell a story. To sit down and say, you know what, here's what I learned, and here's what I went through when I was in high school. 
this is what I went through when I took my first job and I realized it was a mistake and I allowed myself and I look back now and that was the biggest mistake I made in my tell a story because if you share from your life your kids connect to your life story and they'll connect to the value of your heart number three pray for and pray with your family I'm very confident every father in here you pray for your family I believe you pray for your son you play you pray for your daughter you pray for your children I want to invite you dads to pray with them there's something about when they hear your voice and your voice is what echoes in their mind and they hear you say to your daughter you're worth it and they hear that son hears you say you have what it takes you say, I, I, Pastor, I'm a, I'm a little uncomfortable. Never, I was not raised in a home where we did that. That's different. I, I'm not sure if I know how to pray for and, and, and with my kids in that format, talking out loud. Let me help you. Let me help you. Describe in prayer the life you want for them. If you were sitting at a cup, over a cup of coffee with me and I said, Sir, tell me about... What, what, what would you like to see for your son or your daughter? You'd have no problem just describing it to me. you describe it. All I ask you to do is take what you would tell me over coffee. And sit down with your children. Describe the life you want them to have, but begin it with saying this. Our Father in heaven, I pray for my son or my daughter right now. And this is what I ask. Now describe the life. Describe, God. I want my daughter to know that you created her for a purpose. God, I want her to know that she was not a mistake. That her and her mother, we dreamed of having her. And when we found out the news that we were expecting, it's the happiest day of my life. And we planned and we and then, then I found out I was going to have a daughter. And I the moment I heard that, this is what I felt. I felt I felt a warmth in my soul like I had never felt before. And then she was born and they placed they placed her in my hands I felt like my whole heart wrapped around her and I committed myself that day to love and protect her That's and I commit myself to protect her Father I want her to know that I want the best for her I want her to have the best life I want, I want her to be loved by a godly man I want her to be happy I want her to know the joy when children come to their home the same joy she brought to her. Just describe, guys. Men, describe the life you want for your kids. But do it verbally in prayer and pray that over your kids. You speak into them and they see a portrait of God in the personality of their father. Let me pray for you guys. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, this day, I pray with and I pray for our men here. I ask you, God, for every father, let them know that this is a special day of celebration and aptly so for them. They, they play a significant role in the life of their children. Whether their children are grown or 
still at home, fathers have impact and influence. And I pray that our dads today will understand that and realize they have the great opportunity to demonstrate the personality of God, to paint a portrait of God to their sons and their daughters. I pray that fathers will seize the opportunity and realize the impact they can make daily. I encourage our dads to not fall under the pressure to succumb to, to just lifestyle and miss life, but to have a sense of presence in the home, to have the spiritual confidence to be the priesthood of their home and their family, to demonstrate spiritual values. I commend our men. I commend these fathers. There's a headwind of culture today, but godly men will always, always succeed because, Lord, you, you're going to place your hand and your covering and your strength and your guidance and your wisdom in the hearts and the minds of these men. And I bless them. I bless their family. God, I commend these men to you in the name of